0: Check 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 one two one two Mumma Mamma microphone
1: check. I should never do that. again ma Mamma Mamma Sharona My Sharona Mamma My Sharona.
0: Oh hi friends it's the pre party. For Spain and Fitz. I wasn't ready for that.
1: We have started completely unprofessionally. I was not ready for that. I'll pretend. Now I'll be better from this moment on, Sarah. I won't.
0: If you are listening to this pre-party of the pod before the show because you didn't catch the show live, then you will know that tonight is the debut of Hi, Friends. And I'm very excited because it makes me happy. And shout out to my friend Kylie who uh, just always says, Hi, Friends. And it made me think of the segment and it makes me smile. Uh, so you will you will hear in the show tonight the inaugural guest who drops by for a little half rand, um, and unfortunately that guest is not someone by the name of Slam Dunkley. I wish it was because Fitz, I I need to talk to you about hearing the greatest name I've ever heard in the history of names, and that is saying something because there are some great names out there, but Slam Dunkley is just the best. I want to send a letter, a thank you letter to his family for recognizing that their last name was Dunkley and going with Slam.
1: If you are in the Dunkley family, do you just <laughs> give up after Slam? Like the minute you met Slam, you're like, you know what? I can't do anything to that tops out like and I'm sort of a name snob. I'll admit it, Sarah. like one of my big pet peeves in the world is somebody that that names their kid in a way that Changes one little spelling because all of a sudden for the rest of their life they're going to have mm-hmm. to spell their name and I don't. Know I've got a Michael that's
0: an E A that's a friend of mine and I'm like, did your mom just have a few too many painkillers when she was hey, filling well, out the sheet? Did you not know how to spell Michael or was it intentional?
1: And I, I've never <laughs> understood like uh, you know my mom even said when I was a, a kid if I had been a girl I was still going to be named Jason but it was going to be J A Y S O N and I'm thinking I'm so glad for many reasons that I didn't grow up a girl because. I could never handle that. Like, every time you ever spell (laughs) your name and you have to be like, no. And then, like, what do you do when you buy a house or buy a car? Like, you know that you're going to have to do the paperwork 52 times because nobody's going to know how to spell it. So I'll admit that I'm a bit of a name snob. But Sam Dunkley?
0: Listen, Fitz, I'm married to someone whose full name is Valentine Joseph Bradley Zabung and whose various items of identification are all different. One's like VJ Bradley Zabung. One's... Valentine J.B. Zabunk. Like, they're all different. They don't match. He has to remember which one goes with which for, like, TSA pre-check. I'm like, you really should have at some point in your life just figured out the go-to and used it for all of your identification. I don't know what you're doing here. And also, why did your parents name you four things and then call you by the third name?
1: But when you have four cool names back to back to back to back, (laughs) as your husband does, I think that whenever he orders at a restaurant, he should start by saying all four names. It does have
0: a a certain gravitas to it when you have four names. And when the first one is Valentine. Which is and, just and not of very course. common.
1: And then when he orders an old fashioned, everybody's like, "Yeah, I get it. Oh, He's sophisticated." Yeah. When I order an old fashioned, they're like, "Oh, cute. He can't handle whiskey straight." Like yeah. this is get an old this fashioned the, the for that Fritz guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a pet peeve for me too. Like, okay, it's Fitz F I T Z, which is not difficult, right? But the number that's the number one mistake mm-hmm. people make on my last name is they add an R to it, and I become Fritz. And I don't, I just don't, I, I don't know what's Well, I have to say Spain
0: like the country every day of my life, and God forbid I decide on any given day, I'm just going to say Spain and see if they get it immediately. Spade? Spade? How do you spell that? S-P-A-N-E, S-P-A-Y-E-D, S-P-Y-N-E. So now I'm just back to it. every single time I say it, Spain like the country. But back Somebody, to Slam Dunkley. Okay, so Slam Dunkley's real name is not, in fact, Slam, which was a disappointment, but I don't really care. As long as he goes by Slam... I'm cool with it. His name is Dumond Dunkley, also a really cool name. I mean, if Dunkley's involved, you're you're set. But here's the thing: Slam Dunkley is not a basketball player. Okay. In <laughs> fact, his dad played professional basketball in Russia, Spain, and France. And I would imagine that when they named him Slam Dunkley at a young age, they thought that this six foot four Athletic kid was about to become, you know, the kind of shack like name that would influence generations. But instead, he's a rower. He's a rower at St. Joseph's.
1: I'm I'm, I'm shook right now, Sarah. (laughs) Did you say he's 6'4"?
0: He's 6'4", and his name is Slam Dunkley, and he's a rower. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, look, there are certain things in life that you just have to accept. And, and one of them, like, if your family has a really strange business and you're going to get – you're eventually you're going to take it over, that's the way it works. Like I watch these – some documentaries all the time on like small sommeliers and the number of the wine wineries around the world where it's like oh well we're the 18th generation or whatever right that's always mm-hmm. on this one winery like you just accept that when you are when you are young and you realize that you are going to be well over six feet and your name is slam dunkley <laughs> you play basketball like this is not supposed maybe to maybe he was discussion.
0: terrible at it he, oh. he ran track in high school was all county all four years so you know he's athletic And and listen, being really tall is exactly what they want out of a rower. I remember I showed up. There's a swim test at Cornell in order to graduate. Sometime throughout your four years, you have to pass a swim test. I don't know if I, I should know this by now, but I think someone way back in history thought that it was an important skill in life that you should always be able to swim in case something happened. And so the rowing coaches would show up at the swim test and try to pick out athletic, tall looking people and ask them if they were already, you know, an athlete and I was already committed to track. But like yeah, the 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 tall, lanky dude, great get for rowing. But I'm I, I'm still sad. I'm just sad that Slam Dunkley is not blessing us with any dunks.
1: Can we also now acknowledge that I have discovered what I'm going to go with for the rest of my life is the reason that I didn't graduate from Cornell because I can't swim. Like that's going to be it's not going to be my complete lack of academic ability to get into or thrive at Cornell. We're going to gloss over that and be like, look, I found out you have to pass a swim test. That's not really Can you really not, not swim? Fun. No, I can't swim. Did you not know about me? I can't. You to, so, what, are you, what are you doing with your life? You know what? It, only I would have an awkward story about it, but I do. So I'll share it. Uh, when I was a little kid, I had tubes in my ears like so many kids do. Uh, but one in one ear, it never healed over properly. And so when they tried to get me swimming lessons, it resulted in the fluid going into my ear. And so I actually have a bunch of hearing loss in one ear and it, it could never heal over. And so Which is crazy
0: was... for a musician.
1: Right. Uh, it, not a great thing. And then when I was in my mid-20s, they had to actually do an eardrum graph on me. Like, they took skin and, like, huh. cut my ear open and, and grafted my eardrum. So, it so took So, could that you to... swim now? I could, yes, but... The, it's it's a crazy thing. Like all, oh, I know it sounds dumb to most people. When you have no idea how to float, like I've gotten comfortable standing in water, but I used to be panic attacky. If I got in a pool at all, it was like, oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm going to die. I've gotten to the point now, like uh, you know, we have a pool in Nashville, like so I'll, I'll stand in the pool, my f- my feet have to hit the bottom. Like I have no idea how to float, and everybody's like, oh, just relax and float. Why well, wouldn't
0: you just take a class at any point in the last, I don't know, a couple decades? I tried,
1: I tried, a, I tried a couple of classes one time, and it just it wasn't. So you have any. some I, sort you, of like. It's like
0: so, it's gone on so long now that you, you you associate a great amount of fear with it.
1: Correct, and like so, yes. At some point in my life, I, you know, I don't know how to swim. I don't know how to ride a bike. Like, if you ever wonder what why I was a strange hell kid, like, I mean, you know, but but my name's not Slam Dunkley. I don't have to know those things, right? I mean, like... you should though.
0: You just just to be a functioning adult. I don't know if you saw the video of Taco Fall learning how to swim, no, I and his Cantor and Jalen Brown are on either side holding him up by the stomach like a child. Except it's Taco Fall. And I don't know how you find a pool big enough that he could take three strokes without immediately having to just turn around, but it's a great (laughs) video. And if you have not yet seen Taco Fall learning how to swim, I might have to call up Ennis Cantor and Jalen Brown and see if they will extend their services to you as well. I don't want you to go through life any longer without being able to swim. That's terrible. Something terrible could happen.
1: You know, we'll get, uh, we'll, we'll at some point just have somebody film the whole thing and put it out for more embarrassing yes. content about it's my It's going to be even more embarrassing
0: than you running, which is saying something because you look like you're on the Flintstones. Well, uh, I mean, you By right. the way, I Move want ahead. you to, I want to update you. <laughs> I want to update you on this Slam Dunkley story because he has a brother. Oh, good. Okay. And his name is Air Dunkley. Oh,
1: my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please tell me he plays basketball, right? No, or wait, are you No, tell he's, me he's a also hunter? a rower. Oh, my God. At what,
0: what are the Joseph's. Dunkleys
1: doing? The Dunkleys have messed this whole thing up. I mean, the Dunkley family owes five. us all an explanation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, it's just... Oh, Slam and
0: Air Dunkley. What a real missed opportunity for those kids. But, hey, good for the rowing community. Congratulations. Um, speaking of news of the day, which, uh, to me, the news was, of course, that Slam had a brother named Air. Uh, but also the Dancing with the Stars cast came out, and... I'm 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 someone who's watched almost every season. I think the weirdest thing for me is that they fired Aaron Andrews and Tom Bergeron, and so it's a Tyra Banks vehicle now.
1: Okay, so I have been on this tear. This again, these not surprising admissions from me on these podcasts. I've been on this America's Not Next Top Model binge over the last <laughs> uh, few weeks, and I have fallen are you learning back how to smise? I mean, I mean. Tyra is just, you know, fierce in every right way. Like, it's just <laughs> amazing watching her the first few seasons. She got, like, edgier as the seasons oh, went on. Oh, yeah. The first few seasons, she's so loving and supporting of the girls. Now you tell me Tyra's in on Dancing with the Stars. I'm all in for this, uh, by the way. Like, a-, a thousand percent. Humble brag. We played the show twice with the band. So nice. I have I- actually I- got to be on Dancing with the Stars two different times. But... Uh, I I am curious for you, like, because we all have our guilty pleasures, you watch every season. Is there a, if you could only be on one and you had to trade everything, it's like, hey, you can only be on one reality type show, one of these type shows. Is there one that stands out for you that head head and shoulders you would have to be on?
0: Okay, now, do I have to be qualified or in this scenario, am I qualified for whatever it is?
1: You're automatically qualified.
0: Okay, because like I'm a huge Top Chef fan. I would love to be on that show, but also I'd rather just be a judge where I got to eat all the food instead of making it. <laughs> I love Project Runway, but I'm definitely not qualified to design any clothes. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, you you know me and my obsession with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, I would have been down to get you know some strange. But I think, yeah, at, at this advanced age where I've you know settled into being a more respectable adult, <laughs> I actually would really like to go on Dancing with the Stars, but I need to really up my uh, my profile here at ESPN, because they're going for like the Kenny Mains of the world, not the Sarah Spains of the world, even though that rhymed. So I need to spend the next couple of years putting myself in a position to get the the full, you know, spray tan, glittery ensemble thing going on DWTS.
1: Look, I, I respect the heck out of that. And by the way, I think you'd crush that. I, I, uh, I have... I'd I have to find a partner that's as tall as me, which might be a problem that is that is a bit of an issue I'm not gonna lie those, those guys I'm not are, sure who's are, throwing me but they better be sturdy and, and they're compact little guys I mean they are they're, they're, they're little but strong I so I got two different slightly different answers to the question because if it's just any reality show everybody knows I'm obsessed with below deck so that would be my first oh my I mean God, what I an embarrassment for deck. you oh my God.
0: I watched a whole two episodes because our friend Jamel Hill was on it and I literally texted her and I was like, I can't believe you made me watch that show. What the hell is that?
1: And it's funny because I texted her and said, oh, dear God, how did you get on that show? I am obsessed. I have to be on it. It's the, the longest conversation because obviously my time with ESPN started right around the time that Jamel wasn't with us as much and, uh, at the network. And so we've we bumped into each other, but we haven't had a ton of long conversations other than below deck. Other That's than the one below thing. Deck. Jamel and I've gone down the Yeah, uh, the... I'm
0: I'm past all those shows where it's like created drama and people throwing things. Although technically I was on this season of The Real Housewives of New York because my college friends and I got together for a reunion in the Hamptons last summer and we were at the winery with all the Real Housewives of New York. So we're in the background of the scene for like 35 minutes worth
1: of the show. Just, that's it. Okay, yeah. that's 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 incredible. The other yeah. the other. If I'm going to be in a contest, though, it's chopped. Like I, I really think oh, that I could genuinely over do top well. Chef? I think. Well, here's the thing. Like Top Chef requires so much ma- like just ability, right? But Chopped requires quick creativity, and I think okay. that I could actually do okay. Like if they did a. A you know C minus list celebrity version of Chopped where they wanted people nobody'd ever heard of but they worked for prominent companies. I think I could do well. Would you be that. allowed
0: to use your fiddle bow
1: as a knife? Uh, I wouldn't. I well, I, I'm sure I would. But I would. I would that gladly would really serenade them while they ate. spice things them. up. Yeah, I mean, let, yeah. Let them eat, and then I'll just be like, hey, let me play you a little tune. There you what go. Do you think.
0: Um, Well, the Dancing with the Stars cast that they announced, there's some notable people on it that I'm pretty excited for. We've got the athletes that we always have, the Charles Oakley, the Vernon Davis, the Johnny Weir, which will be really good. And he definitely has a leg up because, you know, figure skating is like dancing on skates. So he's the artistic merit that he already brings is going to be impressive. Caitlin Bristow, one of the funnier bachelorettes, is going to be good. And then Carol Baskin. What if there's a bombshell discovery in the investigation into whether Carol Baskin killed her husband? And just mid-show, she's like, just in the middle of doing, uh, you know, a rumba, and federal investigators burst into the ballroom floor with the with the handcuffs.
1: If they don't have her partner dressed like Tiger King for at least one dance, I quit. (laughs) I I don't I don't know what I quit, but I quit. Oh
0: God! Every outfit she wears is gonna be. And it's and every dance is going to start with hey, all you cats and cool kittens cats and out kittens. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm already I'm already excited about it. Um, Fitz, excellent uh, pre show prep. I think we're ready to discuss all the biggest NBA games of the night.
1: I think we've really zoned in on what what's important sports. There we yep. go. We got it. All we've sp- got all it, sorts thunder, of Game
0: seven win. I'm glad we figured that out. <laughs> Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, with you. ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. And we are happy to introduce a supremely new, silly segment today called, Hi, Fran. Hi, friends. Hi, friend.
2: Hi, friends.
1: Hi, friends.
0: Say hello to my little friend.
3: He's my friend because we both know what it's like to have people be jealous of us.
4: Alone. Bad. Friend.
3: Boy. And we're the best friends that anyone could have.
1: We're the best friends that anyone can have, and we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. You got this.
0: Joining us for the inaugural hi, Fran, its Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst and one of the stars of NFL Live. Hi, Fran.
3: Hi, Fran. <laughs> Was oh, that, that was... insufficient? I'm feeling good. No, very it was okay.
0: Right Next time we want a little more enthusiasm, but it wasn't bad. I
1: mean, it wasn't I'm still learning okay. the Frye thing, and I'm mm-hmm. not doing that very well. So it's one step at a time. Right? I have very high expectations. It's all very guys. unnatural
3: <laughs> coming out of my mouth, to be honest. But uh, I'll well, do my friend, best because I yeah.
0: love the show. Hi, friend, is just a way for us to bring our friends onto the show and talk to them about whatever we feel like. And now is a good time to have our friend Mina on because. <laughs> NFL football is mere days away, and Mina, I am not ready, not just for my fantasy draft, but for any sort of predictions or expectations about almost any of the teams in the league, except for the very worst and very best.
3: Hmm. Well, I'm curious to hear who you think are the worst and best now.
0: Well, I mean, even that is, is always up for grabs in the NFL. There's like the, the parity across seasons where the expectations can yeah. fall pretty flat, but, um, you know, I, I expect to see something pretty good out of teams like the Chiefs, right? I feel pretty good about the yeah, Chiefs. Um, I Definitely. don't feel really great about a team like the Jets. i just, that's an easy one to usually go to as a team I don't have high expectations for. And then the rest of the stuff in the middle is uh, I'm not really sure. Can you shed some light on uh, how you're approaching this season with no preseason games and not a lot of good looks at how these teams are, are coming together?
3: For my podcast, I mean, I come Show, featuring Lenny. I, I did division previews, went division by division, and I found myself repeating the same words over and over, which are: experienced coaches, experienced quarterbacks, continuity. Uh, all matter more this season than ever before. Now that comes with a caveat, which is they matter more early. I think as the season progresses and things, knock on wood, hopefully you know normalize a bit. Um, teams will look very different, and I think the sort of landscape will change. But at the gate, right at the beginning of the season, you look at a game like Bucks saints which is a, a fabulous Week 1 matchup, and you lean Saints not just because they're a very balanced team. I think the Bucks are also an extremely balanced team, but because you're looking at a quarterback and a coach who are basically married at this point, right? And, and uh, there's so much continuity there on both lines, uh, very young, talented defense as well. So uh, when you're looking at the, I think, early part of the season, you tend to lean on experience.
1: We're talking to Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst. So, Mina, one of the things I'm trying to wrap my head around with no preseason is where where there's going to be real struggles in the first weekend of the season. So are there particular positions you think are going to struggle more early on in the season without the preseason and regular uh, training camp period?
3: Yeah, I think it – it really depends on the team, you know. Some defense. It really, I would say, depends on whether you've got a new scheme and a new coach and new players in key roles. So it's not like oh, offense is going to look way better than defense out the gate, or vice versa. I, I truly believe it's uh, it's a team per team basis. You know, I think if a team. I mentioned the Bucks, for example. I don't think they're going to struggle out the gate, um, but they're probably going to be worse early on. You know, Tom Brady, so much of his game, is predicated on chemistry with his wide receivers, and coming off of this abbreviated offseason, he just hasn't had the opportunity to work with them. Or I think of a team like Chicago, Sarah, mm-hmm. where we don't <laughs> even know who's playing quarterback there. Um, I personally think it should be Nick Foles, but um, – you know, it's a, it's a depressing competition, but I, it really, <laughs> it really varies. I, another th- I think Seattle's a team that people are very high on, and and for good reason, with that quarterback and that talented secondary, but they had a ton of turnover on that offensive line, so I think you could see some struggles there early on. They haven't even played together, you know, and, and without the preseason, I think we're in for a lot of surprises week one.
0: Yes, being an NFL analyst and friend of the show, Mina Kimes, here on Spain and Fitz for Hafran. Mina, I'm curious as you look at some of these, um, you know, announcements for quarterback, like you said, the Bears haven't yet made theirs, but we find out that Tyrod, don't call me Tyrod because I told you to call me it's Terod. <laughs> Taylor is the starter and also Haskins gets the nod. Did either of those surprise you?
3: No, not really. I, I think the reason there was any speculation about Haskins was there were some comments made by Ron Rivera about how they would have like. Use the preseason to evaluate both him and Kyle Allen, those comments were actually a little bit more surprising. You know, a first round draft pick in his second year starting is the norm. I think he's in a pretty adverse situation in Washington. Um, you know a declining offensive line, not a ton of weapons, but it makes sense uh, and and an incredible Taylor, amount of
0: chaos around every single part of the franchise that doesn't
3: even have a name. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for everyone who walked in that door for the first time this year, including Ron Rivera, right? Like, poor guy mm-hmm. has to give a statement every other day, and he just started there. And he has cancer, you know? I mean, rooting for Ron Rivera to not only overcome cancer, but have an easier time in Washington. Uh, but with the Chargers, I think, uh, also not surprised, given sort of what we've been hearing from Anthony Lynn all off season and his relationship with Tyrod, which dates back to Buffalo. Um, they also drafted a quarterback in Justin Herbert who has an enticing set of tools, but I don't think anyone who evaluated him thought of him as a week one pro ready starter. I mean, he didn't even operate pro offense in Oregon. So that also makes a ton of sense.
1: So, Mina, we're talking to Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, doing a little high friend on Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio. <laughs> so, with that being said, you mentioned quarterbacks and, and rookie quarterbacks particularly. Given no preseason, given the limited offseason, how would you, if you were running a team, handle your rookie
3: quarterback? I feel like the name of the segment is just a crack. You guys crack each other up every time you say it, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: It's incredibly silly and is serves no purpose whatsoever. Y-
1: you haven't found
3: a negative um, of that, right? Come on now. Hey, uh, yeah, who doesn't like hearing people crack each other up? I, you know, we were asked about uh, predictions for when the quarterback's should start and will start and starting with the will, I have them all starting by week eight, which was the question. Um, you know, we know Joe Burrow starting in Cincinnati, that's a no brainer there, although the bad offensive line, but um, you know, I think he has an interesting set of skill players. Uh in Miami, another bad, unfortunately, offensive line where we're due for the usual Ryan Fitzpatrick experience where he's probably gonna light up, you know, defenses for like three to four games and then uh, have a fiery implosion, so then we'll get to uh, after that. And I'm okay with that. I think even though the the line isn't great, um, I, I generally believe unless you're walking to a true David Carr, this guy's going to get killed scenario, you want to integrate your rookie quarterback sooner rather than later. With the Chargers, they actually have, a I think, a better football team uh, than those other two, so you actually want to just start who the best quarterback is. It's less about the development of Justin Herbert, more about winning games.
0: Justin Herbert, I don't know if you saw Hard Knocks last night, but I just loved Pep Hamilton sort of breaking it down to him. He said, I think it's safe to assume that Mm -hmm. everybody on the other team, except for maybe the nose guard, is faster than you. I didn't know if that was a shot at his (laughs) wheels or if it was merely just you're at the pro level now, so you're going to be facing a a faster defense. How did you read that?
3: Um, I've been hearing that now. It doesn't surprise me. coming from Pep, he's fantastic. Um, And... By the way, I, I think for him, it's more of a commentary on pro defenses. Whenever right. quarterbacks come in, that's the number one thing they say is, oh my God, the game is so much faster now, right? Like, And it's not just about running. It's not just saying you're not going to be able to outrun a linebacker. It's the windows closed like that. You know? And so the, it's not like college where you've got these wide open windows and wide receivers just running downfield. It um, used to be much more anticipatory. I will say this. Justin Herbert can scoot, man. Yeah. Like, yeah I think it was less you're so, slow uh,
0: <laughs> as much as you would have been sacked multiple times by yeah. now just because that's what the pro game is all about. I just love the delivery of it, and I loved the response from uh, someone in great. my mentions that said, like my dad used to tell me, you're running too long in the same place, <laughs> which I think is a nice, <laughs> another nice way to say you're slow. Uh, Mina oh, Kimes, uh, I'm going to listen to the Mina Kimes show with Lenny for all those different divisional breakdowns. That's going to be good prep for me. And, of course, watch you on NFL Live
1: breaking it down
0: Thanks for being our first guest on Hi, Fran.
3: Thanks, Fran.
1: Bye, Fran. Look at that. See, she got it at the end. I mean, it was a little, <laughs> I mean, there was a little bit of not total buy-in from Mina. But, I, you know, for Mina, that was very exciting. It was. Hi, friend. It I mean, was. that was high-level high level, hi, friend right there.
0: We're building. Pennzoil synthetic <laughs> motor oils are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence for a wear test using SAE 5W30. Coming up, we got some beef with another show. I got my mouth out there and uh, got me in a little bit of trouble. And we're putting a big decision to the test on you, the listeners and and the Twitterers. It's coming up next on ESPN Radio. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. A little later in the show, we're going to announce the listeners that have earned a spot in our fantasy football league by naming it. We have one surefire winner And we're going to let you guys vote on the second listener to win. That poll is going to go up a little bit later in the show and then we'll announce at the end of tonight's show who gets to compete against us and Shanae and Gojo and Jordan and Shea Pepler, Cornette and our next guest, Courtney Cronin, friend of the show, former company on Spain and Company and our ESPN Vikings reporter. She joins us now on the Shell Penzo performance line. What's up, Courtney?
4: Not much. How are you guys doing? Well, it was a good time to have
0: you on because uh, (laughs) the quarterback of the team you cover is making a whole lot of noise with some comments on a podcast that was recorded back in July but just uh, released today. Kyle Brandt, who works for NFL Network and The Ringer, um, it was, I believe, a Spotify podcast, 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. And Kirk Cousins said on that, when asked about his concern over contracting coronavirus, Brandt said, on a 1 to 10 scale... With one being the person who says masks are stupid, you're all a bunch of lemmings. And ten is I'm not leaving my master bathroom for the next ten years. Cousins replied, I'm not going to call anybody stupid for the trouble it would get me in. But I'm about a point oh 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 one. And then he said he was going to wear a mask to respect others, but he's not going to be concerned about coronavirus in his daily life. If I get it, I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to let nature do its course, survival of the fittest kind of approach, and just say if it knocks me out, it knocks me out, I'm going to be okay. You know, even if I die, I die. Okay. That received quite a response, which led to Kirk Cousins saying this today.
2: Uh, probably wasn't as clear as I would have liked to have been. Um, but what I wanted to say then, what I, what I would echo again now is that uh, while the virus does not give me a great amount of personal fear, you know there's still great reason for me to engage in wearing a mask and social distancing, and you know washing my hands as frequently as I can, and 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 following protocols that have been set in place, obviously to be respectful and considerate of other people, uh, which is very important. But then also. Um, you know to be available for all 16 games this fall because as the protocol is set up if if a player were to test positive they would be potentially out of a game or games and so you know there's there's plenty of reasons to uh to wear a mask social distance and be very vigilant to uh to help stop the spread of of the virus so that was the heart behind what I was trying to say in July admittedly I didn't say it as clear as I would have liked to so uh, I just want to you know, share that same message again and hopefully articulate it a little bit better. But uh, that, that has always been my heart and, uh, and is again now.
0: So how do you reconcile what it actually felt like he was saying back in July with how he's cleaned it up and made it be about the heart of the matter is his intent to respect what people say about masks and their efficacy?
4: Yeah, I um it, it's tough because it feels like you're walking it back but you're not really walking it back because when he was given the chance to take back would you take back if I die I die he doubled down kind of on what he said and he said, you know, along the lines of when it's his time it's his time, he knows his maker, he believes in, you know, his faith, that type of thing. Uh, It wasn't, you know, I just have a hard time with it, Sarah, when I'm looking at this. Do you think Carl Anthony Towns, do you think his mother thought the exact same thing? If I die, I die. She died from coronavirus. Do you think that the 858,000 people across the world think, "Ah, whatever, I'll just contract this. If I die, I die. It's just, you know, it's a comment that comes, and I know that there's a lot of flack going Kirk's way, and he has worn a mask. I've been at every single practice. He is, you know, abiding by all the protocols from people I've spoken with inside the organization. It's not an issue. Um, it's not somebody who's reckless with this. And it very much is like, you know, he admits like, you know, I may not think the masks are the, like the greatest thing in the world, but I'm going to wear it to protect other people. That's great. And you can disagree with him on other things um, and see kind of that same stance and realize, OK, you know, he's not being selfish in that regard. But the if I die, I die comment rubs a lot of people the wrong way because a lot of people have died from this. Yes, you are in your early 30s. You are an athlete. You were in like a pristine athletic condition that you know many people will never have this sort of body that you're in the sort of health that you have but it just kind of rings a little tone deaf and that's how i mean i sat through that 14 minute press conference um and it just you know he had a chance at many points to kind of say okay look i'm sorry i offended some people here um you know it's my stance it just i I just don't think that was really a true apology it was just truly clarifying how he felt. And I just don't know if we really got anything more out of that other than he just tried to clean up essentially what he said and sweeten it a little bit. Um, The, if I die, I die comment. I'm sorry. I can't get over that one.
1: We're talking to ESPN Vikings reporter, Courtney Cronin on Spain and Fitz ESPN radio, Jason Fitz, Sarah Spain. So Courtney, how does the organization feel about their quarterbacks uh, comments?
4: You know, I mean, Kirk said some, he's had some moments before, um, I mean, he gets critiqued with any things he says. I mean, he's a high-profile athlete, uh, nothing like to this level, obviously. But, you know, the organization got out in front of it, I think, the best that they could by having him speak today. Um, He was not supposed to talk until tomorrow. And, obviously, this became a firestorm where you're probably going to be getting a lot of news organizations. I mean, I saw CNN all that said that takes a Darwin-type approach to life since the coronavirus. And it's just like all these headlines. They realized that they were getting inundated, so they decided to move up his availability to today. Um, you know, several people I've spoken with aren't thrilled with the type of comments, but, you know, he's not... It's not like it's providing a locker room. Like something like what Drew Brees said back in June over, um, you know, protest and kneeling to the anthem, I think that, that that team was obviously a lot more concerned about, you know, the friction that that was causing in the locker room. Kurt hasn't lost the locker room by any stretch over this, but I just think it comes across as a little insensitive and as a leader. I think that you could have used that moment to unite, like, hey, like we're all in this together, essentially. Like, and at that point, he admits he didn't know about as much about coronavirus as he does now, because um, that was filmed in June, but July, yeah you probably could have taken the moment to address it in a little bit less
0: of a tone-deaf manner. ESPN Vikings reporter Courtney Cronin with us here on Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. I agree with you that it's tone-deaf, but also as a teammate, it's not something that I want to hear. Because whether or not you're willing to wear that mask around the facility where it's required, I'm still going to very much question your investment in safety protocols if you're not concerned about the health of it. Like That that flat-out saying I don't believe that masks work is saying, I believe I know more than every doctor and scientist who has said flat out wearing masks helps you and the other person. Right. So I would just have a lot of concerns if I was a teammate that he was not acting right outside of the facility.
4: Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I know Kurt from, from covering him for three years and sometimes things he says, just don't come out the right way. Like, making a joke about Garrett Bradbury's butt fret last year. Like Garrett didn't find that too funny. It was kind of Kirk trying to, you know, make it funny, and it just didn't come out right. And then last week, I don't know, this didn't obviously get to end too much, but, you know, during, after the Jacob Blake protest started with the NBA on Wednesday night, Vikings then marched out Kirk and Eric Hendricks to uh, speak with us about social justice and, you know, the stuff that the team was doing. And Kirk made a comment that kind of alluded to you know, winning football games is a way to you know help fight systemic racism, and that's his responsibility. Mm. A lot of the comments don't come out right, and that's the issue that I take with it. You know, somebody who covers a team is just realizing well, what are people taking issue with? Oh, it's because this, it just doesn't sound. It's not articulated the way that he means it to be articulated. I don't think he means harm by any of it, but yeah. you got to be so careful when you're saying things. I know that. You know, there's there's uh, social media stuff explodes. People don't read the full article. People won't listen to a 45 minute right. podcast. We want to listen to things in truncated and truncate. And it's also
0: why they, they sent him out today, to your point earlier. Yeah. And it was necessary for them to bring him out today and not let it grow any bigger. Even if today may not have been what he really did mean from the heart when he said those things in July. He at least gets to put it out now. Hey, thanks for the time, Courtney. Uh, looking forward to beating you in fantasy football.
1: Thanks, Courtney. All
0: right, take it easy. Vikings reporter Courtney Cronin with us here on Spain and Fitz. Uh, There's going to be more on that Kirk Cousins story, I'm guessing. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Coming up, ha, Fran, Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz with you. ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are happy to introduce a supremely new silly segment today called... Hi friend. Hi, friend. Hi, friend.
3: Hi, friends. Hi, friends. shout hello to my new friend. He's my friend because we both know what it's like to have people be jealous of us.
4: Alone. Bad. Friend. Good.
3: And we're the best friends that anyone could have.
1: We're the best friends that anyone can have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. You got friends.
0: Joining us for the inaugural Hi Fran, it's Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst and one of the stars of NFL Live. Hi Fran. Hi Fran. <laughs> was
3: oh, that, that insufficient? Was... I'm feeling no. Very it was so okay.
0: Next time we want a little more enthusiasm, but it wasn't bad. It I mean,
3: wasn't. I'm
1: still learning okay. the Friday thing, and I'm it's not funny. doing that very well. So it's one step at a time. Right? I have very high expectations. It's very guys. unnatural
3: <laughs> coming out of my mouth, to be honest. But uh, I'll well, do hi, my Fran, best because I yeah. love the show.
0: Hi, friend. Is just a way for us to bring our friends onto the show and talk to them about whatever we feel like? And now is a good time to have our friend Mina on because NFL football (laughs) is mere days away. And Mina, I am not ready, not just for my fantasy draft, but for any sort of predictions or expectations about almost any of the teams in the league, except for the very worst and very best.
3: Hmm. Well, I'm curious to hear who you think are the worst and best now.
0: Well, I mean, even that is is always up for grabs in the NFL. There's, like, the, the parity across seasons where the expectations can yeah. fall pretty flat. But, um, you know, I, I expect to see something pretty good out of teams like the Chiefs, right? I feel pretty good about the yeah. Chiefs. So, um, I don't feel really great about a team like the Jets. I'm just... That's an easy one to usually go to as a team I don't have high expectations for. And then the rest of the stuff in the middle is uh, I'm not really sure. Can you shed some light on uh, how you're approaching this season with no preseason games and not a lot of good looks at how these teams are, are coming together?
3: Oh, yeah. For my podcast, I, mean, I'm a show featuring Lenny. I, I did division previews, went division by division, and I found myself repeating the same words over and over, which are, experienced coaches, experienced quarterbacks, continuity, all matter more this season than ever before. Now that comes with a caveat, which is they matter more early. I think as the season progresses and things knock on wood, hopefully, you know, normalize a bit. um, Teams will look very different. And I think the sort of landscape will change, but at the gate, right at the beginning of the season, you look at a game like Buck Saints, which is a, a fabulous week one matchup and. You lean Saints not just because they're a very balanced team. I think the Bucks are also an extremely balanced team, but because you're looking at a quarterback and a coach who are basically married at this point, right? And, and uh, there's so much continuity there on both lines, uh, very young, talented defense as well. So uh, when you're looking at the, I think, early part of the season, you tend to lean on experience.
1: We're talking to Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst. So, Mina, one of the things I'm trying to wrap my head around with no preseason is where where there's going to be real struggles in the first weekend of the season. So are there particular positions you think are going to struggle more early on in the season without the preseason and regular uh, training camp period? Yeah,
3: I think it it really depends on the team. You know, some defense – it really, I would say – Depends on whether you've got a new scheme and a new coach and new players in key roles. So it's not like, oh, offense is going to look way better than defense out the gate or vice versa. I, I truly believe it's uh, it's a team per team basis. You know, I think of a team, I mentioned the Bucks, for example. I don't think they're going to struggle out the gate, uh, but they're probably going to be worse early on. You know, Tom Brady, so much of his game is predicated on chemistry with his wide receivers. And coming off of this abbreviated offseason, he just hasn't had the opportunity to work with them. Or I think of a team like Chicago, Sarah, mm-hmm. where we don't <laughs> even know who's playing quarterback there. Um, I personally think it should be Nick Foles, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a depressing competition. But I, it really, <laughs> it really varies. I, another th- I think Seattle's a team that people are very... High on and, and for good reason with that quarterback and that talented secondary but they had a ton of turnover on that offensive line so i think you could see some struggles there early on they haven't even played together you know and, and without the preseason i think we're in for a lot of surprises week one
0: yes being an nfl analyst in front of the show mina kimes here on spain and fits for Hafran. mina i'm curious as you look at some of these um you know, announcements for a quarterback. Like you said, the Bears haven't yet made theirs, but we find out that Tyrod don't call me Tyrod because I told you to call me Tyrod. <laughs> Taylor is the starter, and also Haskins gets the nod. Did either of those surprise you?
3: No, not really. I, I think the reason there was any speculation about Haskins was there were some comments made by Ron Rivera about how they would have, like, use the preseason to evaluate both him and Kyle Allen. Those comments were actually a little bit more surprising. You know, a first-round draft pick in his second year starting is the norm. I think he's in a pretty adverse situation in Washington. Um, you know, a declining offensive line, not a ton of weapons. But it makes sense. Uh, and and an incredible Taylor, amount of
0: chaos around every single part of the franchise that doesn't even have a name. <laughs>
3: I mean, I feel bad for everyone who walked in that door for the first time this year, including Ron Rivera, right? Like, poor guy mm-hmm. has to give a statement every other day, and he just started there. And he has cancer, you know? I mean, rooting for Ron Rivera to not only overcome cancer, but have an easier time in Washington. Uh, but with the Chargers, I think, uh, also not surprised, given sort of what we've been hearing from Anthony Lynn all off season and his relationship with Tyrod, which dates back to Buffalo. Um, they also drafted a quarterback in Justin Herbert who has an enticing set of tools, but I don't think anyone who evaluated him thought of him as a week one pro ready starter. I mean, he didn't even operate pro offense in Oregon. So that also makes a ton of sense.
1: So, Mina, we're talking to Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, doing a little high friend on Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio. <laughs> so, with that being said, you mentioned quarterbacks and, and rookie quarterbacks particularly. Given no preseason, given the limited offseason, how would you, if you were running a team, handle your rookie
3: quarterback? I feel like the name of the segment is just a crack. You guys crack each other up every time you say it, by the <laughs> Pretty way. Pretty much.
0: It's incredibly <laughs> silly and is, serves no purpose whatsoever. <laughs> y- you
1: haven't
3: found a negative um, of that,
0: right? Come on now.
3: Uh, yeah, who doesn't like hearing people crack each other up? I, you know, we were asked about uh, predictions for when the quarterbacks sh- should start and will start, and starting with the will, I have them all starting by week eight, which was the question. Um, you know, we know Joe Burrow starting in Cincinnati—that's a no-brainer there. Although a bad offensive line, but um, you know, I think he has an interesting set of skill players uh, in Miami. Another bad, unfortunately, offensive line. We're due for the usual Ryan Fitzpatrick experience, where he's probably going to light up you know defenses for like three to four games, and then. Uh, have a fiery implosion, so then we'll get to uh, after that. And I'm okay with that. I think even though the the line isn't great, um, I, I generally believe unless you're walking to a true David Carr, this guy's going to get killed scenario, you want to integrate your rookie quarterback sooner rather than later. With the Chargers, they actually have, a, I think, a better football team uh, than those other two, so you actually want to just start who the best quarterback is. It's less about the development of Justin Herbert, more about winning games.
0: Justin Herbert, I don't know if you saw Hard Knocks last night, but I just loved Pep Hamilton sort of breaking it down to him. He said, I think it's safe to assume that Mm -hmm. everybody on the other team, except for maybe the nose guard, is faster than you. I didn't know if that was a shot at his (laughs) wheels or if it was merely just you're at the pro level now, so you're going to be facing a a faster defense. How did you read that?
3: Um, I've been hearing that now. It doesn't surprise me. coming from Pep, he's fantastic. Um, And... By the way, I I think for him it's more of a commentary on pro defenses. Whenever right. quarterbacks come in, that's the number one thing they say is, Oh my god, the game is so much faster now, right? Like and it's not just about running. It's not just saying you're not gonna be able to outrun a linebacker. It's the windows closed like that. You know, and so the, it's not like college where you've got these wide open windows and wide right receivers just running downfield. Um you have to be much more anticipatory. I will say this. Justin Herbert can scoot, man. Yeah. Like, yeah I think it was less you're so, slow uh,
0: as much as you would have been sacked multiple times by yeah. now just because that's what the pro game is all about. I just love the delivery of it, and I loved the response from uh, someone in great. my mentions that said, like my dad used to tell me, you're running too long in the same place, <laughs> which I think is a nice, <laughs> another nice way to say you're slow. Uh, Mina oh, Kimes, uh, I'm going to listen to the Mina Kimes show with Lenny for all those different divisional breakdowns. That's going to be good prep for me. And, of course, watch you on NFL Live breaking it down Thanks for being our first guest on Hi, Fran.
3: Thanks, Fran.
1: Bye, Fran. Look at that. See, she got it at the end. I mean, it was a little, <laughs> I mean, there was a little bit of not total buy-in from Mina. But, I, you know, for Mina, that was very exciting. It was. Hi friend. It I mean, was. that was high-level, high-friend right there.
0: We're building. Pennzoil synthetic <laughs> motor oils are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence for a wear test using SAE 5W30. Coming up, we got some beef with another show. I uh, got my mouth out there and uh, got me in a little bit of trouble. And we're putting a big decision to the test on you, the listeners, and, and the Twitterers. It's coming up next on ESPN Radio.
1: Bain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget, you can listen to ESPN Audio at home with your smart speaker. All you got to do. Let's go to ESPN Audio at home. Brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Driver Mercedes-Benz Van. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, we are going to have a fantasy football league together, Sarah. And I'll admit, I'm uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little, like because there's you know there's a lot on the line here. we we got to mm-hmm. acknowledge we've invited some friends of the show to come in and compete, which means a lot of tra- trash talking. There's going to be you know that level of of people that take it more seriously than other people there's there's just there's a lot here okay but we're going to let the listeners a couple of listeners join in so in order to do that, if you've never listened, by the way, to the after uh, to the podcast version of our show, we like to do a little after party today. You'll be able to hear a little pre party. We like to give you a little, a little exclusive pre-party. content there. You don't get anywhere else. We like to have a little fun. So we've given everybody a little bit of a clue on how they could get in on this. But we asked everybody to name our league, not their team, but our league. And Sarah, uh, we've we've found one winner, and now we're going to have to leave it to the people to decide on the second winner, right?
0: Yes, congratulations to at Angry Bears FDM, whose name fits and gliggles uh, was the clear winner for us. And uh, we've only had a couple shows together, but immediately me accidentally saying the word gliggles uh, stood out. And uh, he nailed it with fits and gliggles. That is an automatic entry you are in. But there are other two that we couldn't decide on, so we're letting you decide. At the Mike Bowers went with Fallwell was in the room where it happened. <laughs> And at Canadian Dad Blog went with WAP, Wet Bleep Pigskin, uh, which is very timely. Uh, so we are going to put both of those up on the poll. We're going to put 25 minutes on the clock, and whoever is winning when that 25 minutes runs out uh, gets that second listener spot. Uh, wet Bleep Pigskin is certainly on, on trend and topic for a football league,
1: but Falwell was in the room where it happened. Also made us both laugh a lot, so... And and kudos to the people that listen to the show, because one of the things we asked everybody to do in naming it was give us a name that we felt just a little uncomfortable going to the bosses and saying <laughs> right, we want to present to the world. <laughs> and so far we've picked one that's going to tempt me every day to not say the correct term with fits and Gliggles. I will... Yep trying my best to never get uh, never get dropped for that. And then uh, then we've got two others that definitely are eyebrow raisers. So it says something about the creativity of our audience that they knew right down the middle what we were looking for.
0: Absolutely. We did say, make it something that we can barely be allowed to say, a little bit uncomfortable, and they really nailed it. So uh, congrats. <laughs> you guys, I'm putting up the poll right now, at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz uh, is where you can get it and um, put in your vote.
1: And uh, by the way, uh, speaking of nailing it, the Heat just nailed yet another <laughs> shot, and uh, they are now up sixty six, fifty seven. As we are just getting close to halftime, about forty seconds left. The NBA playoffs also on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. Chris Paul and the Thunder battle of the Rockets, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at eight thirty p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And so, obviously, Sarah Heat fans have had some beef with me for a little while, as they felt like I wasn't giving their team enough credit, and maybe. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, they were right. But in the meantime, uh, from what I understand, you know, we're just having a nice, friendly day. Everybody on ESPN Radio, happy. Everybody loves each other. And then all of a sudden, now we've got show beef. That's what we are doing. We've decided squarely on this <laughs> show. Bad. that No, no, I think this was this was coming anyway down the pipeline. Like, <laughs> we looked at the, the entire new lineup, and we decided that we can take Cheney and Junior. Like, they just yep. you know I'm I'm not even scared of this one. Like, Well, it's not a fair fight
0: to try to fight Greeny or Max because they're riding solo. And no chance I'm taking on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Not only do they have us by a man, but two of them were top two picks in the draft of their sport. So I think we're we'll stay away from that and well, go and after Zubin just, you know—
1: like Zubin's nice enough that he would like I would punch Zubin and he'd be like, "Man, you need another one of those." Like if you, yeah, you'd feel terrible it. Like, about it. He's uh, such. A I nice don't know why guy. we're
0: going after a giant in Golick Junior. and a simultaneous WNBA player, radio superstar. But I guess that's all we can. That's all we can go for.
1: Well, let let's hope that we can keep everything going in areas that we can win. And so far, we have definitely found one of them, and it came mm-hmm. today. On and Golo Jr., which, by the way, you can listen to on ESPN Radio and you can watch on ESPN News from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time every day on ESPN. And uh, obviously, a lot of love for them. They're like family to us. And when you're like family, you've got to be able to tell people the tough truth. And the tough truth, Cheney, is that you're very good at a lot of things. But being a vocalist, we've discovered, <laughs> may not be one of them. As Cheney gave us, let's, let's start with one of just the little tiny samples of the greatness of Cheney Ogumike singing today. You know it's hard picture. out here for a hmm 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 hmm. Not that's not a good start. Yeah. That's not a good start. All right, let's let's get another. Let's give her another shot. I in here and go. Oh, incredible! Wow, I believe that's supposed to be Phil Collins. You know, and here's my other thing. in that play that one again for me, if we can, guys. That one. I in here and go. Oh, incredible! Look at mm. that. I mean, Junior is actually propping this up. <laughs> he's like he's kind of hyper. He is actually partially to blame for this. Like, you know, at some point. She also has the words
0: wrong, which, I mean, listen, you only said about five words and at least two of them were incorrect. So
1: that's not a good, (laughs) not a good odds right there. She gave us a little bit more. Let's give her one more shot at the plate.
0: I can feel it calling in the air. Wow. Wow.
1: It It did not
0: get better. That is exhibits A through C of why I felt the need to text the show and say, I'm listening to this segment right now and I finally found something Shanae is not really good at. And (laughs) I, I, I don't think I need any more evidence than what we just played for you.
1: That, but see, this is the one thing, like, I've, what I appreciate about it is if we're going to have a little show beef, we should make sure that if we're going to initiate it, you initiate it in an area that you feel you've got some strength in. Like, I'd right. I'd flat out challenge any other show on any of our ESPN networks, uh, you know, to, to any sort of a music off with the two of us. I think mm-hmm. be- between the two of us, we can literally take anybody. But if we can bring Cheney and Junior down a notch, I mean, I think that's even better, right?
0: I agree. And I I think it's clear she already admitted to her own weaknesses by immediately changing it to a dance battle that she wants me to engage in on Friday. I made no claims about my dance ability. But you know, I ain't scared. So I'm gonna show up anyway. And I'm gonna embarrass myself. And I'm gonna prove true all the stereotypes about white people. Uh, But again, uh, I did not challenge her to a dance battle. I simply commented on her vocal stylings or lack thereof. And the fact that she surrendered immediately proves my point.
1: I think that we should add a little element to Since they're going to be a part of our fantasy league, uh, mm-hmm. I think we should add just a little element of... You know, maybe if they want to have a dance-off, that's fine. Then we maybe challenge them to a karaoke-off, and then we can I, I think that one. whichever
0: combination, you know, we also have Jordan and Shay. They have a show together on Sundays. So we've got three full radio shows represented. I think there could be some sort of three-way bet the combined scores of the two members of the show. Uh, the You know, the losers have to perform some sort of either vocal or dance uh, kind of performance, videotaped and posted online, for all to see.
1: No, we, I am a thousand percent in on this. And what we do is we score each of us in each category. So, you know, for example, Sarah, I'm going to bring our score down drastically when I'm asked to dance. I, I'll admit that, but I will do it with tremendous confidence. But I feel like when we get to the, com- the karaoke seg- segment of it, we're going to be great. Set. There. That's where we're going to crush we're everybody. Set.
0: Only Elle Duncan would provide a challenge and she's not in this.
1: Yeah, no, there's a reason that we didn't include Sports Center anchors. One, uh, they they can read and I can't, so I'm already jealous of them. But two, you know, Elle's too talented to, to let it happen. So I, I think we can speak this into existence, and you have the power to make it happen. So we yeah. should bring this into the the Fantasy Football League for sure.
0: 100%. There will be other monetary, potentially, uh, you know, allegedly uh, – Possible wins in this, but the big wins will be whether or not you have to perform a singing and dancing routine uh, selected by the victors.
1: She is uh, Sarah Spain. I'm Jason Fitz. You can follow us on Twitter at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz, at uh, Spain and Fitz. We'll get the, the poll out there, get out there and vote, and somebody's going to get to win, and that will be yet another uh, listener that gets to be a part of our fantasy football fun, which will be spectacular. Coming up, we're going to get some perspective on tonight's game seven, but we'll do it from an NBA head coach. That's next on ESPN Radio with Spain and Fitz. We're going to head over to the Shell Penzo performance line where we're joined by Timberwolves head coach Ryan Saunders. Uh, coach, thanks so much for your time. we got a lot, obviously, we want to get into with you. Uh, but we'll start when you look at a series like this. When you look at Miami and the, the Bucks that we were just talking about, if I have to ask you the key to shutting down Giannis, what is it in your mind?
5: <laughs> well, well, if, if anybody's got the answer, I'm, I'm open to suggestions because I, I think there's a lot of people looking for that uh, around the league. But appreciate you all having me on. Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest things is, is showing him a crowd and, uh, you know, being trying to be physical early. And, you know, we didn't do a great job of it this year, but, uh, you know, I, I know everybody's game planning for him. And Milwaukee's got a lot of firepower, so um, it, it should be a good series.
0: Yeah, you hope they sort of wake up. It hasn't been the Bucks team we saw for the majority of the season and certainly hasn't been the Giannis we've seen that was so tough to stop Uh, the other game tonight is a huge one game seven between the Rockets and the Thunder so much between those two teams. How are you seeing that one play out? And what do you think the key is to one of them coming out with the win tonight?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a a lot of talent and a lot, a lot of individual talent that can take over a game at any moment. And you see, you know, what a guy like Chris Paul has been able to do uh, for a team like Oklahoma city, uh, especially late, late in games, Um, being able to facilitate not just for himself but for his teammates Um, he's been great in that series and then obviously the addition of Westbrook lately uh, you know has has helped Houston Uh, and so I'm looking forward to, to a good game seven
1: coach we always hear about this in the media but when you've seen a team like the Rockets that hasn't necessarily had the best success in game sevens how real is it in the players mind if things start to go wrong tonight
5: yeah I mean, I think that that everybody handles those types of situations differently. Um, you know there can always be lingering thoughts, but you know there's a reason that, that that these players are where they are. and that's you know their ability to fail quickly, uh, move on quickly, and always uh, strive to compete at the highest level. And you know I think there there's always lingering, you know past history, but Ultimately, you know, these guys will be ready to play and and those are two very well coached teams. They'll be ready to play.
0: It's Spade and Fitz. Timberwolves head coach Ryan Saunders with us here. Uh, We're presented by Progressive Insurance. What's it been like to watch the restart and the playoffs in the bubble? I know that, you know, there's plenty of times when your team might not make it down the stretch in the playoffs, but it feels especially weird when it's almost like uh, everyone went on vacation together without you. What's it been like for you?
5: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it hurts. It hurts. And you know that wasn't uh, where we were. You know this year, uh, you know we're really excited about where we're going, uh, direction-wise. You know with our our young group, um, you know being the youngest team in the league this year, uh, we had a lot of young guys uh, get great experience. And you know especially, uh, you know with with our ability to have the number one pick, um, you know the flexibility that we have there, uh, you know we feel good about where we're going. But you're right, it does hurt, especially as a competitor. So I got. I got about five texts from players last night watching that game seven, you know, with uh, Utah and Denver saying, man, this hurts. Um, but as a coach, that's what you want. So that that made me not sleep last night because that got me excited that, you know, I got guys uh, that are hurting, too. Mm-hmm.
1: We're, we're talking to Timberwolves head coach Ryan Saunders, and, and that raises up an interesting question, coach, because. Uh, when you start looking about what the NBA is dealing with right now, not only COVID-19, but also social justice and finding a voice mm-hmm. for players, but then for you guys getting ready for next season, how do you balance all of these different things that are now such a huge part of the NBA yeah. culture to make sure they're all represented the right way?
5: Yeah, it is. It is. And obviously safety is extreme, extremely important right now. Uh, and, you know, we, um, we're making every effort and, you know, we've had a great medical group that's been on top of things that has helped, um, you know, keep our team safe, keep our organization safe. But, you know, this, this COVID-19 is uh, something that needs to be taken serious. And, you know, we, we experienced it close to home when Carl Anthony Towns uh, tragically lost his mother, who was a wonderful person who had a huge influence in his life. Um, but then, you know, you, you add on social justice. Um, you know, that needs to be at the forefront of of conversation right now. You know, we ultimately work uh, in the NBA, work in professional sports, but uh, we're still human beings and and striving for equality and and using platforms and supporting individuals who have not had the same uh, maybe uh, experiences that someone like myself, who is a a white male, um, have had. Uh, You know, that's something that that we feel strongly about and and that we'll always continue to support our players and strive for equality.
0: It's Spain and Fitz Air Spain. Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio talking to Ryan Saunders, head coach of the Timberwolves. Youngest head coach in the league, am I right? You got to be at 34.
5: Yeah, yeah, that's what people tell me. Okay. Well, you
0: got a lot on your plate for a 34-year-old between the civil unrest and the issues that you want to work with on social justice with your players and your team and that uh, social justice content series, Voices, the YouTube series, Mm -hmm. Uh, in addition to coronavirus concerns and how exactly you proceed with that. Add on to that now the pressure of a number one pick and what comes with it. There was a report in The Athletic that there's a potential to trade out of number one. Uh, What can you tell us, Ryan? We won't tell anyone. It's just the three of us. (laughs)
5: Yeah, well, more pressure is is trying to get my son, who's 15 months old, to sleep uh, at night. So that, <laughs> add it to the, know, the add, list. <laughs> that, add that. Add that to the list. That's where that's where I was right before this. But um, you know, we're, we'll be we're open to, to anything as an organization. And you know, we were able to see this year uh, our president Gerson Rosas. Um, he's aggressive and he's uh, very open-minded. Uh, we're all we're all about you know talent uh, at this point. So. You know, whatever's going to be best for for our group to move forward, uh, we'll keep an open mind. So I know that probably doesn't answer your question, but there it is.
0: (laughs) Well done, though. You may be young, but you're an expert in uh, avoidance. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there's unavoidable truths here, Coach. We've got to ask, and you've got to avoid answering it. That's just the way these things work.
5: That's, that's how really, it goes.
1: <laughs> we appreciate your time and your expertise and your insight. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and giving us a little bit of insight, not just for your team but for everything going on in the NBA right now, Coach. We really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us.
5: Absolutely. I appreciate you all.